Good evening, everybody. Thank you for watching. This is Lessons for Life podcast. I'm Troy Hutkins, and my guest tonight is Ryan Stasiak. Ryan, thank you very much for coming. No problem, Troy. Pleasure to have you here. It's awesome. Um, So to start with, who is Ryan Stasiak? Well, I think I'm I'm an onion. That's the short answer. (laughs) Lots of layers. Lots, lots of layers. Um, we can go down the rabbit hole one way or the other. We can either take the blue pill or the red pill and uh, <laughs> see where uh, Ryan's mental matrix and, and life leads us. There so, you go. Um, I think on the surface of the onion, I'm, I'm a husband first and a father and a son and a brother. Got two younger brothers. Nice. Uh, married with two kids. Uh, they're great, boy and a girl, nine and five. Uh, the girl's nine, and she makes a great big sister, and I'm pretty proud of that. And the boy is just as uh, intense as I was as a child, I think. So, <laughs> proud of that. Well, yeah, payback. payback we, yeah. We had, a, we had a second one thinking that, wow, the first one worked out so great. Yeah, <laughs> thanks. Now, the second one is, uh, I, I wouldn't say challenging. He's just a lot more energy, and, and you know, it's, it's awesome just kind of completes our family and we're having a great time out in Penticton, British Columbia. Nice. And, uh, right now I'm just up at work. Nice. Right on. Um, what is your why? Ooh, diving right into the big ones, eh? <laughs> uh, I think the why is a lot tougher answer. Um, I don't think I know yet. I think I'm, I'm halfway through life and I feel like, well, let's hope I'm less than halfway through life, but I'm 40 years old. I don't think I've learned all of life's lessons yet. Um, so when you asked me to be on your life's lessons podcast, I was like, eh, maybe ask me when I'm just about uh, kicking the can down the road, you know, and heading off to wherever you go. But uh, I think that once I figure out what my why is, I kind of feel like life's been a big preparation up until this point. That okay. have the ability to be great at something. Um, nice. I think I've done a lot of things and almost like sharpened and folded over the samurai sword many times, and I'm looking for a place to use it. So that's nice. uh, my my why is maybe part of who I am is the journey to get there, and I think that journey to the why is probably the most interesting part. I'm a big adventure guy and. Um, never turn down a good adventure or a bad one. <laughs> yeah, I'm usually, for sure. Usually leading the way on those adventures. And I think my, my greatest adventure, and it's funny because I've asked myself that, what is my why question a lot. I've, I've read a lot of books and a lot of motivational things and leadership books, uh, part of my role at work and uh, and outside of work. And I've just been, a, I got two little brothers, so I've always kind of been chucked into that leadership role. And I think that, that journey to my, my own why, you know, is, is still, still on, on route. So. Nice. So what, what would you say has been the most challenging part of your journey so far? Well, <laughs> a lot of the books and, um, to get better books, the self-help type books, the stacks of them that I've, that I've read, I think it's led me that direction because I, I'm trying to figure that out. And the toughest part is when you read one of these books and they say, you know, like a, say a Simon Sinek 
it says start with why i'm just like start with why <laughs> great might as well close the book and go figure that out so that's that's probably the toughest part is, is uh, just kind of having that thrown in your face and you know being 40 40 is a big milestone for a lot of guys a lot of people in general and uh it's kind of like hey I better figure this out you know if, if we're lucky i've got i've been halfway and we're really lucky i've still got lots of time so <laughs> life's life's finite and time is time is important so yeah exactly so you've you've got two younger brothers you said so what what um what influence did having growing up with siblings have on who you've become um it's definitely made me not afraid to take on responsibility um at a young age just taking on that responsibility of others and myself and um be the one that picks the safe path or or the, or the fun path uh, it's just always come pretty natural to me nice right on do you, do you feel that your uh, brothers have looked up to you a lot or have you, as time's gone on, have you looked up to them for different things, different guidance? I think, you know, at the younger ages, they definitely looked up to me quite a bit and uh, hopefully I've lived up to that. You never know until, right. until you know. <laughs> right. But uh, I think they're, they're doing good in life and, and they're happy. And that's, that's what's important. And sometimes I, I look towards them now to say, like, I like to complicate things and as I get older, it seems. And, and uh, they're doing a good job of simplifying. And I think nice. that's probably something I can learn from my younger brothers. And, you know, younger brothers are fun. I mean, that's a right. good source of fun uh, in the past. And we're, we're a bit further apart now, so that fun's fewer and further between. But, uh, you know, it's something that I've always cherished and think that, that's probably probably one of the things that I look up to them for. And uh, my youngest brother, uh, he just he's getting engaged and married, and he's got his whole life ahead of him. And he's uh, seven years younger than me, so that's interesting. And uh, it's it's interesting because he's done some of the things that I want to try. Uh, okay. He's, he's tried uh, being a stand-up comedian, which is something that's been on my bucket list. Nice. Being in a fairly corporate position you know you wonder how acceptable that is these days depending on what stand-up path you want to go down <laughs> <laughs> which rabbit hole <laughs> yeah yeah do you, do you stay on the outside of the onion or do you go right down with the with the red pill i'm not sure but yeah right on that's awesome um in your family your mother or your father who do you think has been the biggest influence on you well i think just being a boy in a family of three boys uh, I think dad was a big influence. Um, just, you know, he's, he's the one who we looked up to. He's our hero. Um, but you know, as, as boys do, who do you go running to when, when you get hurt, you, you, uh, yeah. you, go, you go crying to mom and, and she makes everything all, all better. She's, she's the one that tells you everything's going to be all right. Um, and everything's going to work out. And that's kind of like, uh, it'll all work out is famous saying my mother's because I was a pretty intense child so <laughs> I always I always tell my friends and stuff you know growing up I, I got six kids five of them are boys my daughter might as well be a boy anyway she plays football with the boys and everything right grew right. up playing hockey so I always tell people you know 
as a father, you teach them to throw, you teach them to catch, you teach them to ride their bike, play football and stuff. And as soon as they get on TV, the first thing they do is say, hi, mom. Yeah. yeah. Right. So, yeah, I mean, mothers definitely are the nurturing ones. And, and even though your father's a big influence, mothers carry a very special place in your heart, I think. Definitely. Most definitely. Yeah. yeah. She's, uh, she's amazing with, uh, with my daughter. And, uh, awesome. And my dad's learning to handle the energy of my son. So it's, uh, <laughs> it's busy. And uh, you know, I think I think my daughter and, and, and my mother are almost at sometimes they're like the same person. They're both very creative, you know, and, and they spend oh, a lot yeah. of time with each other. And you know, whenever they're together, they're not more than a couple feet apart for the entire time. So nice. pretty cool to see. And uh, yeah, it's it's good to have that relationship with those with the grandparents. That's I, mean, awesome. I hope it you know, I think my parents are they start maybe started a lot younger or they were from multiple children in their families so they weren't my dad was uh the second oldest and my and my mom was like second and young, third youngest i think oh yeah four and five was a four and five or six maybe <laughs> i can't remember off the top of my head but a bunch uh, so big families and uh i think that they started pretty young with us so like they had me i think when i was when they were 20 when my mom was 21 or 22 so they're gonna live to be a long time and uh live till they're older and have a lot more time to spend with my kids than I got. Nice. With my, grandparents. my grandparents passed when I was fairly young. So my, uh, my grandfather's actually, my, my grandmother's made it uh, pretty far, but grandfather's was barely knew them. So yeah, I hope, hopefully that doesn't uh, happen to my kids. Yeah. That's, that's kind of what we've got. Uh, my grandkids, my wife thrives with the time she gets with my granddaughter and she lives close, and then the, the other grandkids that live further away, we make sure we get out there and visit. And, and she lives for those moments. So I can yeah. see where your mom, you know, cherish that time with your grand grandkids. Yeah, it's, I, have the, I have the only grandson on both sides of the family, and nice. uh, the that'd be the third granddaughter. So nice. Yeah, right on my side, and, and the first granddaughter on my parents' side. So they're pretty. You're pretty engaged. Nice. Of uh, all the traits that your mother and father have, or the, the good traits that you've seen over the years, what would one trait be that you would like to pass on to your kids? From my grand, from uh, my parents. From, from your parents. Well, I think um, my family has a pretty good sense of humor, and I think that and, and their loving ways are basically the, the two things that I think will get us through the tough times and get us through life. And that's a lot of what life's about is, is uh, love and humor. And I think that uh, yes. if they can pass that on to the, to the grandkids and, you know, leave the seriousness for the world, I think that's nice. That's yeah. You've got to be able to smile and be happy through life for sure. Which person outside of your family do you think has had the largest impact on your life? Ooh, that's a tough one. I think different people at different stages. Um, so when I was in high school, I had a vice principal that got me my first job. Um, and that, you know, in a lot of ways kind of straightened me out and put me on a good path. Um, 
is is that why you got to know the vice principal because you spent a lot of time you picked up on that did you <laughs> <laughs> yeah you got spending too much time in his office and uh, he wanted that to end and so did i so we found a place for my energy nice and uh, it was a good place, you know, it was, uh, I was already into sports and that sort of thing and still did sports and worked part-time through high school at the grocery store and that was a great job. And so that kind of got me out of the, you know, I, I think I focused less on teachers being an influence and then more on some of the guys I worked with being more of an influence at that stage. So then that kind of took me into the working stage of my life and, and, uh, then later on, you know, I kind of looked towards uh, friends in my 20s for, for advice and right. life path. I was, I was trying to figure out what to do for work and what to do with my life as far as a career goes and ended up switching careers. And then, uh, you know, in my 30s, I uh, had a great boss that acted as a really good mentor to me. And he's passed now, but uh, he, he definitely got me through a lot of, a lot of uh, career moments and kind of helped me get to where I am today. So those are probably the three bigger influences is uh, vice principals, the guys at work, the, the friends I grew up with that are doing a little bit better than me at the time, and then uh, and my, my boss. Nice. So, so at work, your boss, uh, what kind of things did he do that, that you would say kind of molded who you are? I think he let me chase visions and, and achieve and gave me that that enabling leadership spirit that I needed um, at the right time um, gave me ownership of things and, and let me fail and, and uh, let me try and, you know, treated me like, uh, like an equal bouncing off ideas and, and uh, strategizing for the team. And a lot of it was done. You know, I didn't find out till later um, without other team members. I just assumed he was, doing the same thing with everybody and maybe to a degree he was, but I felt he, he made, did a good job of making you feel special and your abilities, your abilities were in his eyes way up here. And uh, nice. I think that was really important. You mentioned that you played sports. Um, what do you think was your uh, biggest lesson that you learned from being part of a team or, or in a team environment or, you know, that type of thing. Yeah. I've played a lot of sports in team environments when I was younger and, and uh, not so much as I get older, more of the individual and family type sports. Um, I grew up playing baseball, uh, played from very T-ball till 18 and uh, right up to play T-ball no more. No. <laughs> and, uh, <laughs> So, and played the, the baseball, not the softball. So nice. the real sport as far as I'm concerned. Nice. And uh, did, did a lot of volleyball and badminton and uh, basketball in high school. Um, also played a bit of hockey when I was younger. Uh, then as I got older and kind of went off my own, I fell in love with, uh, with skiing and snowboarding. And uh, nice. those are kind of my favorite sports right now. And then, you know, later on in life, I got into the surfing and, even played squash for four or five years until my knees told me I couldn't do it anymore. And, uh, and then now, now I, now I just, uh, I'm into surfing, uh, fishing, um, snowboarding and skiing is, is kind of my sports now. So nice. I guess going back to your question, um, team sports, what did I learn? Teamwork is super important. And I think 
everybody has to give it their best effort. And if you see somebody that's not having a good day, you need to help bring your teammates up. You need to get everybody on the same mental page. And when you do that, um, you know, whether it's putting in a good effort and showing an, ex being an example, or whether it's one of your top players coming to, uh, to the game or the practice with the same attitude as the rest of the team, I think that's super important. There was a couple coaches back in the day that, you know, would uh, not be afraid to to sit the best players if their attitude wasn't wasn't there, and yeah. I think that was super important, uh, especially as to teenagers, as uh, your attitudes all over the place. You're you probably blame it on hormones or homework or whatever the problem is at the time. It's a it's a pretty big time in your life, and to make to help get everybody on the same page from an attitude perspective is probably the big thing. Nice. So I still do that today with uh, with my team. Nice. I was going to say that that relates to work all the way through, like your professional life. That Absolutely. whole attitude comes in. Yep. Right. Exactly. Um, how important is, is everything? <laughs> it is. Attitude is everything. And if you've got a good attitude, you can go a long ways. I would, when I, I coached hockey for almost 30 years, me and one of my buddies, and we would take a kid with a good attitude over a kid that was a really good player any day of the week. Yeah. Just because you can teach a, a child or, or a player some of the skills, but you can't teach them to have a good attitude. 100% right. And it's, uh, it's just a lot harder. Yeah. You know, it, we, you know, with the oil field, we've gone through some ups and downs over the past decade. And so, and so uh, we've, you know, had to downsize our teams and stuff. And that was one thing that we looked at was like, who do we keep? You know, we had a lot of A players, but the A players with the A attitude were the ones that got to stick around. And, uh, and you know, they, even some of the guys that maybe didn't have the skill set, but their attitude was just like, they'll do anything, learn anything. They're a team player. Um, yeah. They're willing to make the sacrifice. Uh, they showed the love for the, you know, the game, so to speak, of work. And, oh, exactly, and, right? And they're the ones that you want to keep around. They're worth and, and they're up for the challenge. That's right. right? I mean, you, you're playing a game right now. You're trying to make this work so that your business or your company or your group can proceed forward. And obviously, if it doesn't work, your team's going away. Right. Yeah. So if, if everyone's working towards that and they're up for the challenge and they're going to say, okay, how can we make this happen? That's you know, right. then everybody gets in on the same page and they throw their ideas around and, you know, decide who's got the best plan, so to speak, you know, and, yeah. and play the game. Yeah. And the attitude's got to come from leadership. It's, everybody's got to be on the same page and uh, yeah super important yeah exactly uh how important is uh education in your life well uh, i have a bit of it so it's fairly important but i don't think it's everything i think um you know i learned that somewhat the hard way um i went to school for marketing and then public relations so i was in business school and uh got out of school hunting for jobs and I had a decent job, but it wasn't what I wanted it to be. Um, I was looking for 
you know, to be quite frank, I was looking for more money. I wanted to be able to support a family and and uh, be a breadwinner and and get to a place where I wanted to be in life. And and that wasn't getting me there fast enough. So I was, I was a bit impatient. Um, so that's, you know, I think the story goes, I was uh, after a weekend of my friends paying for my bar tab where I got fed up and asked them, hey, how much do you make and what are you doing? And uh, found out that, you know, not found out, but kind of that's when I realized they're, they're all in trades in the oil field making, making four times what I was making with uh, four times less school. <laughs> there you go yeah so that's when i that's when i realized that you know maybe school isn't everything and just because you go to business school doesn't mean you're going to end up like uh michael j fox on secret to my success right um, yeah. so you're not gonna be you know and then it takes a long time to climb the ladder too and and uh, in those worlds and being a young guy I wasn't super patient um, i think you know business is one of those things where if you just have straight business training without experience in a field you could get in trouble i mean right you end up being a, a textbook manager you don't have an expertise in something and it's somewhat i don't think it's as desirable but uh you know people make a living on it people do it but i think you got better odds if you have a background so then i jumped into uh, instrumentation and that led to automation chased opportunity and here i am nice nice and so with regards to education, what do you think carries more importance, classroom or life lessons? Well, um, I think being on the Life Lessons podcast, you're leading me to say life lessons. Well, no, it's your opinion. No, I think school doesn't mean much without experience. So they kind of go hand in hand. Um, I've seen it where people have no school and lots of experience and lots of school and no experience. And, and to be honest, I don't, I don't think either of them are good on their own. Um, you you right. don't end up being well-rounded enough in my opinion. It's, it's, yeah. Um, it's my opinion, but from what I've seen, you either have the, the very educated people that um, maybe can't build those relationships and experience in the world or relate to things. Um, okay. Then you have the very, experienced people that maybe are so anti-school that they don't respect the book smarts so then you get an imbalance and i think when you get that imbalance then uh, that's when you run into trouble so i would say they're equal weighted i'm not i'm not going to pick one or the other <laughs> yeah well it's it's like you get a say a tradesperson maybe maybe dropped out of school and started swinging a hammer when he was 12 right yeah grew up probably a great carpenter but you set down his QuickBooks in front of him to try and balance his books for his business and he's got no clue, right? Yeah. So, yeah, you need, I mean, even in the trades, you have to go to school, learn some of the codes, learn some of the books, learn some of the techniques, and then you go practice them, right? You go into the real world and you actually do things. So, yeah, 100%. And <laughs> The, if I look back, like say if I try to pick out some of my uh, my heroes up outside of family and friends and brothers and sisters and stuff, um, and I look at like what kind of guys do I look up to, it's kind of a mix. So you got the uh, uh, Elon Musk's up there, 
Uh, Steve Jobs may be number one for me. Um, he didn't. He dropped out of college. Uh, Elon Musk, you know, has some formal training, but how did he learn about rockets? He just read lots and lots of books about rockets. So he has like informal for informal book education. Um, and then there's you know the, the guys like say Matthew McConaughey where he's got film school and he's an actor. Um, right. But the, you know he he did kind of similar to what I did when I went to school for business was uh, I had a job at the same time as I was taking uh, had a job in marketing while I was in marketing school. So uh, he had a job in in acting while he was in film school. So nice. uh, so those are the kind of combinations that I'm talking about is like it's I don't think it can be just one or the other right you, you get some of the training but something physical that you can actually put that training to use and and hone your skills so to speak yes nice um, what do you think is your biggest motivator hmm. besides money <laughs> grab this fan back here turn the fan off maybe it's coming through but um my biggest motivator Ooh. i'm told i'm i'm very driven uh, and ambitious nice um probably because i haven't figured out my why yet i can't put my finger on why but i think my biggest motivator is is uh up until this up until this point in my life my biggest motivator has been like kind of a mental map in my head of all the, the things I wanted to do um, by now, you know, wife, family, home, retirement savings, have all that stuff dialed in, vehicles, I, got, I have a boat, um, you know, I live, live where I want to live. I've kind of chased my career to kind of the end of its rope almost in, in automation. I mean, there's sure there's other places I can go, but where I'm, where I'm working right now, it's, Play the position to be in. Um, to some respects, there's not really much more ladder to climb that in that field, so to say. You can go into right. strictly strictly management next, but um, so kind of at that point where I'm looking for a new motivation. I think I have a bigger vision of success in my mind than maybe some people do. Um, some people would look at what I have and and have told me like, "Hey, man, just relax. You you got this. You're, you're good." Um, I've walked away from a couple different jobs where, where it's a, you know, you're, you're at a good spot. You should just plug in here for the next 25 years and, and retire and you're good. You know, and, and that, that's never been good enough for me. Um, I remember the time when I was, you know, I think I was, oh, I was fairly young. I was probably 18 or 19. And I remember asking my dad, hey, dad, do you ever have that feeling that you're supposed to do something more that's just constantly nagging at you in the back of your head. And he's like, you know, he kind of didn't really give me a straight answer as far as I remember, but I think it was kind of like, uh, you know, the answer was like, uh, not really. I've kind of, you know, did what I wanted to do and, I've, you know, happily married, had healthy kids, house, steady job. He's, he had for like 37 years or whatever it was, you know, and, and, it kind of like, I was like, huh, okay. You know, and I was kind of like thinking, well, maybe, maybe I just need to like settle down. But uh personal kind of mantra of mine is to, to never settle. So nice. um, I think that 
that's kind of what drives me. That's kind of what's in the back of my head all the time is, is that's what motivates me is that kind of internal nagging that internal, like, um, you know, you can do better. Uh, you can maybe make the world better, be a better part of your community, you know, um, be a, be a better dad, be a better husband, all those things. And, and, uh, that's kind of what's on my list still. And, uh, my wife like I don't feel like I've achieved yet. Yeah, exactly. My wife and I talk about that a lot is, uh, you know, do you sit back and relax and do you, you know, okay, we've done everything. Put your feet up, watch TV. We, we are always busy. We're always doing things. We're, and if we're not doing something, we're searching the internet for something to do. Like we're looking <laughs> for new projects or new experiences or something to keep your mind going. Like for us, it's, it's about learning. It's about your motivation books. You know, that's kind of why I started this podcast. I, I did some hockey broadcasts on the internet and I got, got out of that kind of by default, wish I was still doing it, but, but now we're here and, and I'm doing this podcast because it's something that I can continue doing, learn from other people and hopefully help other people grow from experiences of my guests. Yeah. Right. You know, like I just think it's a, a great opportunity to help people. Yeah. It's creative too. I think that's something that I'm currently missing is of not focused on the creative side of me very much in the last I don't know, long time, let's say. Um, <laughs> Too long since I picked up the guitar. Too long since I've drawn anything or painted anything. You know, I've got other other desires I'd like to do. Uh, you know, even even the you know, the 3D printing. And too long since I've designed anything new or printed anything new. You know, so I've, I've kind of shut that off to achieve some goals. And now that I've achieved some, you know, life, financial, retirement type goals that are kind of you know they're dialed in. Maybe not, obviously not done yet, but. They're well on their way and, and I'm happy with it. And now I can focus on other things and that's kind of the next step. And it could be because I'm 40 and you know, people put that as a big milestone in their life and they say like, okay, now what's next, you know? And I, I'm always kind of been a what ne what's next guy. So it's like not, I don't know if it's just 40. It's like, I did it when I was, you know, 35, 30, 20, 25, you know, like well, I've done it throughout the years is always like the next goal or the next thing, like you said. And I think that, if you asked me you know, 20 years ago, like, how many books do you plan on reading a year? You know, 24 One. wouldn't have been the answer. <laughs> yeah, right. But, but in 2020, 20, <laughs> two or three a month is not a not a big deal nowadays. And, and right. Because again, new new desire to like, like you, the same reason you do your podcast. New desire to like learn from everything around you and try to absorb all that to you know either figure out your why or the meaning of life or or what you're supposed to do with your life or whatever you're, whatever's driving you and, or maybe just, just trying to enjoy it in a different way. And I think that's right. That, that journey of life and that journey to figure out what my why is, is yeah, that's the, uh, that's going to be the ticket, I think. <laughs> right. Nice. What do you think is your biggest fear? Well, I think two things. I think there's a, a near end of life fear that we all have. Um, and I think that's, you don't want it to end because it's a good time. I mean, 
even though like a lot of people believe in in uh, going somewhere else and I'm not sure what I believe yet I'm still on that journey too but right. uh, there's you know I think we got to really focus on enjoying what we have here and, and treat this like a heaven on earth sort of thing and uh, and I think that that ending is a fear but I think what what would really be sad is if you go through life and you have all you basically it's a collection of memories and things you've learned and and getting better and and if you were to say get something like alzheimer's and, and you lose all that um i think that's probably a big fear for end of life um fear that drives me would be the fear of not figuring out my why, not figuring out what that, what I'm supposed to do, not uh, having that peace of mind, uh, that that key to life, uh, right. maybe not key to life, but like that. What's life all about? Answer, because it's different for everybody, probably, and uh, that's oh, probably sure. a, that's a big fear is is not figuring that out and being 80 years old one day and forgetting people's names and and. Uh, and forgetting, you know, uh, just forgetting, forgetting the journey and forgetting what, what, uh, forgetting and, and not making the impact that you wanted to make while you're around. Right. Right. Okay. Um, if you could do or be anything at all, what would it be without any, without any possibility of failure? Oh, comedian. For sure. You wouldn't care about the tomatoes and the... No, well, you said no failure, right? No possibility of failure, so... Well, that's that's the not a failure, that's just world. people throwing shit and stuff at you. And <laughs> <laughs> a lot well, of, no, lot I, of I, comedians play off that. Yeah, that's, right? that's true. You're right. Yeah. Yeah. The self-deprecating humor. I'm pretty good yeah. at that. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> but uh, I think, you know, I, I think that's something I've always wanted to try. Um, I, you know, I see great comedians, uh, you know, I, from Jerry Seinfeld to, to to Joe Rogan to Bill Burr to you know some of the older ones like uh, Carlin and and uh, Eddie Murphy and these guys look like they're having a pretty good time and right. and in this even in this day and age uh, you see a lot of them getting in trouble for things they say but there's almost like this code where if you're a comedian. You're allowed to. Whatever you want. You're allowed to, yeah. <laughs> they're, they're almost like, it's almost like this class of, uh, of modern philosopher, so to speak. Because if, if you look, if you look at some of the comedians of the past and you, you watch their stuff now, you're like, wow, they totally cult that. Um, and, <laughs> and I think that's, that's a pretty cool thing. Uh, you, you know, fame's, fame's pretty neat, I think. It looks neat anyways. Uh, I don't, I wouldn't want to be famous for the wrong reasons. I think one of the best reasons would be either for helping people or making people laugh, which I think is helping people. So uh, spreading love or spreading humor, I think would be awesome. I think I've always wanted to be a comedian as well when I was young, just because how good would it be to go somewhere and laugh all evening? Yeah, that's your whole, like, the whole point of life, and wouldn't, wouldn't that be awesome? Yeah, it's uh, I I can't think of a better time. I mean, we spend a lot of time and money as humans trying to figure out how to have a good time, and 
I don't, I think the pinnacle of having a good time is uh, uncontrollable laughter. So why not do that for a living? Right. Yeah. My, one of my buddies I went to school with, we used to hang out all the time and we went and seen McLean and McLean together. And from that point on, it was like the two of us were connected and we just, everything we said, everybody laughed and we were, we would feed off each other. Just like crazy. It was awesome. It was way awesome. You know, I've I've had some serious, like pretty serious careers and, you know, like if I go back down the list, it's like, okay, I've, I've worked in the oil field. I've worked in public relations. I've worked in advertising. I've worked in automation. I mean, all that's left on the, on, on the, uh, stereotypical negative side of the career fence, I think is a On lawyer and uh, <laughs> lawyer and tax man and you know, things like that. Yeah. Or, you know, like what else can I be like on the, on the, I don't know, the corporate sin side of the fence, you know, like that's a pretty bad list. <laughs> I've had fun that's doing awesome. it. I've made fun of it. Uh, but I think that uh, I to do something. Actually doing all those different things would make for a great, comedy show I have some notes <laughs> right I, I used to work at Safeway for 12 years and I have a lot of experiences from Safeway that you could spend you could do a whole comedy night on that oh yeah well, like I said I worked at the grocery store younger yeah. too and, you know exactly what I'm talking about I've got a script in my head for the grocery store comedy yeah but, uh, those old yeah, grannies they used to come in there. We called them zombies because they'd walk into the store and as soon as their hands grabbed the cart, they were like, and they yeah. didn't have a clue about anything. <laughs> <That's awesome. laughs> but, yeah. Yeah. There's uh, lots of good stories out of that. I mean, I think that's probably one of the reasons why I haven't tried it. Um, two, two reasons. One, I'm going to need a letter from the corporation I work for to indemnify me from anything I say. So I keep my job. <laughs> until <laughs> I get famous and rich. Um, and then uh, two, it's it's like, you know, I kind of felt like at, at a, as you go through stages of, of life, uh, different things are funny, right? And right, right. Sometimes your life isn't that exciting and you need longer time to collect material. <laughs> yeah, but you know what? A lot of guys talk about their, like say their kids and the regular everyday minute things that those kids do and what was i reading one day the guy said comedy isn't saying funny things it's saying things funny so i mean you talk about the little kid that walks along and takes the crayon and writes on the wall and if you say it properly people laugh at it yes it's 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 all about the delivery I think part of it too is that uh, you know it takes a great deal of risk to go down career paths like that. I think. Correct. I mean, correct. You know, if you have certain goals, uh, you know, I kind of had a. I like to say I'm doing really good at average. Right. You know, kicking the heck out of average. And I, I think <laughs> but, most of us are right. Yeah, and and I think that uh, that's great, but at some point that's not going to be enough. And I don't know if comedy is the answer for me, but. Uh, yeah, it's, it'll definitely be an experience. It's definitely up there. That that's an interesting question you ask, and uh, yeah, it gets you thinking for sure. That would be an awesome experience for one. What do you uh, do in your spare time to take your mind off things? Well, I enjoy, uh, like I said, I like surfing. Uh, I 
don't live near the ocean, so I do a lot of uh, wake wake boat surfing, um, surfing behind the boat to friends and family, and that's that's the summer real unwind. That's where that's where I really get to my relaxed state when I'm, you know, when I just had a good surf session, and all the people I love are on the boat and they're circling around to come pick me up, and uh, you know, it's just me and the board in the lake and physically exhausted it's beautiful out the sun's shining the lake's flat glass like um nice. i can see, see the boat i worked hard for coming at me with um, people i love on it and i put my put my hands behind my head and put my feet up on the board and just lie yeah. there <laughs> and wait for the boat this life is awesome and uh and that's 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 probably one of the funnest parts and most relaxing nice. times that i can think of but I'm a seasonal guy, so I have similar for the winter, um, snowboarding and skiing. Snowboarding. Nice. You know, maybe you have a great run and you're just wiped and your friends are chasing you down and maybe you're the first one down and you just feel like you would have won the X Games or, or took gold in the Olympics after that run in your head and the right songs were playing in your ear and uh, you just, you know, you either sit on the chairlift and and uh, turn to your friend and say that was awesome or, or maybe you maybe you just push too hard and you crashed into the powder and you just lie there and you you do the little squeegee on your goggles and look up and it's still snowing on you and you know you stick your tongue out and grab a snowflake and you're like man was that ever great that's that, that's that's what you live for that kind of stuff when i used to ski that was one of the things i liked doing skiing in some nice big powder and like you said, have a great run. You get to the bottom, and sometimes I don't even want to go back up. I I just plop down in the snow and yeah. stare up at the sky, watch the clouds go by, or whatever. It's just an experience. Go to the lodge and have have a beer and talk about it. Yeah, <laughs> that <laughs> the was the best. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, yeah, and then I think outside of sport, um, you know, there's there's definitely some relaxing times as well, like. I think what relaxes me a lot is just I work away uh, week on week off shift and when I get home um, and the chaos of the chaos of the day is over and the kids homework is done and they're fed and then the family just chills out and just veges together and watches a movie you know picks a movie and sits there and everybody's quietly watching the movie and I've had a long week at work and I just look around and Wife's smiling, kids are smiling. Maybe I got a kid or two on my lap, and and it's just, you just take a deep breath and you go, "Wow, life's really good." So yeah, that's, that's a really relaxing moment as well, and that's a nice one because you don't have to go anywhere, man. You just you're just with your people you love, and uh, that's it. That's all you need sometimes. Hang out with family. Yeah, how important is family in your life? What else is there? Right. <laughs> I mean. It's uh, it's super important. I think that's probably uh, that that'd be number one. Um, and the reason why I'd put it at number one is because you know I got a, a in my head I like to check off all those boxes of of kicking the heck out of average so that the family gets to be able to do the things that kids want to do. Like they get to ski and snowboard. They get to be behind a nice wake boat. They get to live in in a nice part of the world and. Nice. And all those things are because, you know, made sacrifices along the way to get to that point. And, and so right. that would make, make them number one, you know, like I could have 
ran off and tried my luck as a comedian a long time ago. But uh, <laughs> that puts that's puts that puts number one at risk, right? So well, that it would. Uh, so you got to in my head. I like to have things dialed in before I move on to the next stage. And right, hopefully, I don't wait too long. <laughs> well, you know, there's some of those guys that go on X Factor or whatever that are doing the comedy they're like 65 75 years old yes and yeah, some true. of them are really good so yeah oh, for sure <laughs> yeah. i think that's probably a thing too and probably maybe a bit of a regret of mine is uh just kind of waiting for that next stage in life all the time like and then afterwards going ah, why did i wait i could have done that a long time ago right <laughs> You know, like you wait till you're 18 or you wait till you're done school or you wait till the next job and you're like, what was I waiting for? Why didn't I do this 10 years ago? <laughs> and you see like the X Factor and you see the 12-year-old doing what you wanted to do and you're 25 and you're like, oh, well, maybe I'm too late now, you know? And uh, so I think time messes with my head a lot and that's, I think, maybe not being so caught up on time would be... Uh, Maybe my only regret. Right. Well, I think sometimes we get caught up, like you said, wait, waiting till that next stage or waiting till you're ready kind of thing. Um, you talk to a lot of people that have kids later in life. Mm-hmm. Like, or you've got kids, your daughter's nine, you said. Yeah. So, I mean, you started when you were 30. A lot of people don't start till they're 40 or 45. Yeah, because they want to make sure they've got the house and the car, and you know a good career, and you know set up before they have kids. Yeah. Um, when is the right time? It's I don't know what that is. We we started quite young. I, my wife and I started. We were early twenties or just twenty, but I mean we were at hockey with our kids that were ten and twelve playing with other kids that were 10 and 12 and the parents were like 60 and I'm like my kids are old enough that they're gone and I can still do things right if you start when you're 55 or 50 having kids by the time they're gone you're going to be too old to do anything maybe maybe well that's the other thing maybe they did all their traveling and they got to do all their you know fancy whatever getaways or whatever, you know, skydiving and, you know, scuba diving and whatever. Right. But, but yeah, like when is the right time? I don't know. Right. Yeah. When is it right for you? Right. I guess that's the biggest question. I think that is the biggest question. And, and, uh, I think everybody's a little bit different and that's probably, yeah, I think, that, that, that's probably why that's the regret is I think I artificially held myself back. I didn't listen to myself as much as I would nowadays or right. I didn't think it through as much as I probably could have. I think as you get older, you spend a lot more time thinking life through and that's probably, you know, maybe part of that's hormones and part of that's patience. I don't know. <laughs> contemplating. Yeah. Yes. Contemplating. Well, I think, I think as we get older too, we've gained some life lessons and, gain some knowledge. So then you look back at those things and they're maybe not so scary as you thought they were, or you, or you understand a little more how to deal with it. 
right? If, if you get into a situation, say your comedy, you understand how when you get up on stage, you can deal with people that are heckling you instead of getting up there and then freak it out because people are heckling you and you get off stage and don't ever want to do it again. <laughs> so, you know, you learn along the way. Definitely. You were saying, uh, you kick back in your snow on your wakeboard when you're waiting to be picked up and that music's playing in your ear, you know, you're listening to that tune in your head. So picture yourself stuck on a desert Island. You got a device, but it can only play one song over and over. What song would that be for you? What type of island? <laughs> <laughs> well, tell me what type of island it is. Well, I'm hoping it's uh, one of those nice warm ones in the Caribbean, but uh, one palm tree. <laughs> yes, five palm trees. Yeah, something uh, you know, maybe an island, similar island to what Johnny Depp gets stuck on in Pirates of the Caribbean. There you but, go. Uh, lots of rum, you know, <laughs> and, uh, and and good weather, good spirits. I think uh, there's. You know, I think different stages of my life, I would have picked different songs. Um, Probably in my teenage years, it would have been a grunge song. Maybe uh, in my uh, in my twenties, maybe it would have been um, some sort of heavy metal song. Uh, maybe a de- uh, like a techno song is kind of the mainstream called. Um, you know, but I think my listening habits in my thirties were super all over the place. But uh, I think I would pick a Canadian artist by the name of uh, Dead Mouse and his song. He, he's a house techno artist, electronic EDM music. And there's just uh, one song that particularly jumps out of me. It's called Ghosts and Stuff. It, it's almost like it's been reappearing in my life. Okay. You know, he, uh, he got popular in between 2000 and 2006. Um, so I started listening to him sometime around that range in my 20s and then, you know, certain songs throughout my 30s and then, and then now in, in, as I turn 40, it, you know, it's on my, uh, it's on my playlist for both in my, in my years snowboarding and uh, on the wake tower uh, while I'm surfing. So nice. yeah, I think that would be the one. So it's definitely not a traditional one, but uh, I went out to pick a Canadian artist and his, for some reason that song just kind of gets me amped up and in a happy way. Nice. Right on. That's awesome. So picture yourself in a room, totally closed off except for one door. Describe the door to me. Say that again. Picture yourself in this room and there's one door. Describe what that door looks like to me. I've, I've watched the podcast for two of years. I've not heard this question, I don't think. This is not one that I've played before. And, and uh, <laughs> not that I'm cheating or anything, but uh, I think that the, uh, I know that you're not going to give me any more clues than that. <laughs> no, because it's your, it's your interpretation of the question. Yeah. Um, exactly. What, what would your door look like? Yeah. I think. It would be, it'd be a wooden door, probably a dark 
gray in color. Maybe a touch of, of uh, green moss growing on maybe a slightly um, not perfect mounted hinge. Okay. Where the top of the door is kind of hanging out. Um, with a little bit of green oh, moss growing on it. And I'm not really sure why there'd be moss growing on the inside of a room that's completely enclosed, but um, the door would, would open um, probably towards me. Okay. I'm pulling, a, pulling a handle that's, uh, it wouldn't be a knob. I'm not a big knob door fan, but uh, I think it would be a, a lever type door handle. And uh, it'd be a... Uh, Probably like a hand-pounded metal door handle with uh, exposed hinges. Um, there'd be a little peephole, but it'd be for the other side. Oh, okay. So people can look in and see what's going on. Yeah. And I think that uh, it would be heavy to pull at first and then swing open with some weight to it um, freely. And I think that's, that's what the door would look like and that's kind of how it would work. I don't think I'd know what would be on the other side though. You know, you can't really look through that peephole the other way, but you know, somebody's watching and uh, probably keep you, keep me behaving in that room. <laughs> so for, for somebody that would look through to see Ryan Stasia from the other side, what would they see? Hmm. Well, how long am I in this room? <laughs> <laughs> well, I don't know. That's your perception. Well, um, since it's a hypothetical, I, I would probably, um, I think at first they would see me trying to, trying to figure out how to get out, get out. I think the door would probably be locked. I don't think I'd be able to get out at first. And then I'd probably hear, hear a noise and be able to open the door. But uh, they would probably see me trying to, figure out why I'm in this room in the first place um, and just kind of exploring, trying to figure out what situation I've gotten myself into and, uh, and probably focus quite heavily on the door because if the room's completely enclosed, I'm, I'm imagining it. Um, for some reason I'm picturing a white room <laughs> with no corners. <laughs> so like kind of like a, you know, like a cell almost with no windows, no corners, okay. just uh, rounded edges on all the corner where all the corners would be and uh, an imperfect wall, kind of like you'd see in like a Mexican house where, where the plasters kind of okay. that rough. Yeah. Yeah, very bright, but you can't tell where the light's coming from. That's nice. that's the room I picture anyways. Nice. So, nice. Okay. Awkward room. <laughs> <laughs> that's awesome. Um my second part of that question would have been what you said. You don't know what would be on the other side. Because <laughs> I was going to ask you, so open up that door and tell me what, what is on the other side. All right, so if the, if the door gets unlocked and, and I, can, uh, I can open it, uh, I'm hoping that the door leads to the outside. Something, uh, something in nature, maybe by a lake or a stream with uh, trees and sun, and warm weather, and um, maybe happy people in the distance. And uh, yeah, I'd still, I don't see people on the other side. I'd probably wonder who unlocked it, but uh, just kind of nature and freedom. Yeah. Right. 
nice. kind of that loving feeling you get when you're you're outside on a nice day, one of your favorite places. Now, for some reason, I'm picturing like something on Vancouver Island in the summer. Nice. Yeah. Right on. Right on. Like it you was live- some very, very, uh, very uh, modernized on the inside Hobbit house door. <laughs> <laughs> right. Just walk okay. out of the side of a mountain. <laughs> yeah. That would be actually amazing, wouldn't it? Yeah. Your, your whole side of your mountain is just one door there, but inside is your space. But you walk out and you're in nature. Like, what else would there be, right? Yeah. That would just be amazing. Yeah, I, I like that. Yeah, or or maybe maybe on the other side of the door, it's like our camp room hallways where it's just a lot of doors. <laughs> and at the very oh, end, there's an exit sign. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, great, great big honking hallway with a whole bunch of doors. Maybe maybe if you asked me that question while I wasn't at work, I'd, I'd answer differently. Right. <laughs> What one thing do you think you've accomplished in your life that you're most proud of? Most proud of? Like, uh, proud of for me or just proud? It's your, your question, your perception. Proud most proud of, family, uh, proud of your mom and yeah. dad, proud for you. I think I'm most proud of the relationships I've kept and built. Um, I think that's, it's tough. You know, you time, times goes on and people move apart. And you know, I got a friend that talked on the phone with every couple of days since, since I was like 11 or 12. And uh, I, for, for a period of time, I don't think I've seen him for like, six years but we still talked on the phone i uh, was living in different cities and stuff and uh i think that's kind of rare for, for for guys anyways maybe maybe i'm wrong but uh you know then then you know good relationship with my parents and brothers and yeah i, th- I think that there's definitely a value friendships a lot as well like my friend treat my friends like family and nice. uh, you know my kids call uh, one of my friends uncle jared <laughs> nice. So, we, so that, that's uh, pretty cool. And uh, and, and, my, and my another my other good friend that I talk to all the time, Jeff. He's yeah, he's uh, he's a stand-up dude. Those are guys that are kind of people that you look around and you're like, yeah, this is same kind of people that you're gonna see in your life through your whole life. And, and I think that's important. That's what probably the most. I look at that as you know, friends that are that close are family. Mm-hmm. Family doesn't necessarily have to be blood. No, I think when they say like those sayings, like you can't choose your family, I'm like, yeah, you can. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah, definitely. Yes, yes. You Some, can. Sometimes, sometimes your friends are more important to you than family. Well, and, and right? yeah, and for different reasons too, right? Like, exactly. There's things my family knows about me that my friends don't, and vice versa. And uh, there's you know, reasons your parents one never person. ever find out. Yeah, well, you know, you got to, that's the fun part about life is you tell your parents all the stuff that you got away with later on and, and it's a good story. Right. <laughs> my, my mom, <laughs> we were together last Christmas, I think. I'm 57, right? My my parents were, we, we were all together, my brothers and my sister and 
our families and stuff. And we were all around the table playing cards and we started talking about some of the things that we did when we were young. And my mom kept piping up saying, I didn't know you guys did that. When did you do that? I never knew that. <laughs> she was getting mad at us for stuff we did back then. It was, it was quite funny. <laughs> yeah, it's good times. It's also fun when you, your parents find out things that they never knew and then they end up respecting a skill that you have because of it. Maybe you fixed something and they never knew you broke it. Or, right. Uh, you know, exactly. being a family of three boys, that happened quite a bit. So. Yeah. <laughs> yeah between, my, between my dad and me breaking things, my handyman skills have been pretty good over the years. Right, exactly. Exactly. <laughs> Who do you think, or what is the greatest piece of advice given to you so far? And who gave it to you? Hmm. Tough one. I think that I've read too many books on that sort of stuff. <laughs> well, that's advice. But, uh, but, you know, I think that um, my mom would say stuff like, it'll all work out and, uh, or, or it's all going to be okay, you know, and, uh, and she's right. You know, I think that was, that's up there as one of the greatest pieces of advice. Um, you know, my dad yes. was really big on, on telling the truth and, uh, you know, look out for your brothers, which, you know, leads to look out for your friends, which leads to look out for your coworkers and your employees and all that stuff and look out for others, you know, treat people like you would. Um, I think lately, you know, um, probably, one of the most interesting pieces of advice that I've come across comes from probably a super unlikely source listening to a podcast. Um, not, you know, and I, I kind of recommend people listening to podcasts because it's interesting and you see a totally different side of this person, but listening to Joe Rogan podcast recently, Kanye West, which, you know, the guy seems like an absolute show. <laughs> right. Right. Um, but, but, Super impressed with uh, you know, when he gets a chance to lay out his thought pattern and how he ties everything together. And the one thing that jumped out at me, he said that that's been kind of working its way in my mind over the last, however long that podcast came out a month ago or something, um, is time is love. Nice. And, and you can't have one without the other and, and they support each other. And, and he didn't really get into it much, but... When I started thinking about it, it's like, yeah, you know, if you really love people, you spend time with them um, and vice versa. That you spend a lot of time with people and maybe you end up falling in love. Um, so I think to remember that like time's not, not like an enemy of ours and treat it more like something that's tied to love is, man, that's a, that's a good piece of advice that I haven't quite figured out yet. So that's one for your viewers too, is like, yeah, yeah. think about that. Like just to wrap your head around stuff like that. I think that's exciting. That's, that's why I read these books and you know, interested in old books like Moby Dick and new podcasts like Joe Rogan and everything in between. Um, it's, it's an adventure. And nice. that's probably the one that jumps out at me the most lately. Nice. That's awesome. 
Is there anything in your life that you think you would like to go back and change? I'm sure there's lots of little things. <laughs> um, you, I don't know. Like it's like that butterfly effect. You, you don't want to change too much. Um, I don't, I don't think I've made, I made mistakes and learned from them, but I don't know if I'd change any of that. Um, I think if I was to go back and change one thing, I would tell myself that not to be so hung up on time and uh, maybe focus and yeah, focus more on the love. <laughs> nice. Focus more on, uh, not that I didn't love and I didn't spend time on the things I love, but like I mentioned earlier, like, uh, I was with this, it's uh, like, getting hung up by something like a predetermined timeline or expectation of what life should be. Right. You know? And like, you're supposed to, you know, I, I think it used to bug me a lot when I was younger. You'd ha I'd have family members or friends or teachers, you know, it was always like worrying about the next stage. And it was like, Oh, you're, you're in junior high school. Well, your grades and when are you going to go to high school and then the next was when are you going to go to college and when are you going to meet a girl and when are you going to get married and when are you going to have kids and after a while I was you know I actually started <laughs> funny story I actually started lying <laughs> like, I, I used to tell my poor grandmothers I used to tell them that I wasn't getting married <laughs> ever and uh, I don't plan on having a girlfriend and then now this is kind of before really you know, I, I didn't fall into the oh maybe he's gay trap or anything but <laughs> but uh, you know it was, it was a frustration thing it was like well you know I was, I was kind of like well what if that's not the path I want to take you know and um, that wasn't necessarily I don't think it, it didn't feel like it was okay an okay answer for them but it got them off my back <laughs> right right so I think that's probably one thing is I think I would just um, tell, go I would think I'd probably be a little bit nicer about that and, uh, you know, give my, give the people that I cared about a little bit something more to think about than just, you know, denying what they thought was the right path. And then also tell myself not to worry about that so much. Just, just roll with it and maybe have fun with it instead of, uh, instead of being a uh, denial like that or, or yeah. deny the question, you know, so. That'd probably be the one thing. Nice. What do you think one thing in your past is that's given you your greatest life lesson? Hmm. Just one. <laughs> if you could pick one. Yeah. Um, like, I would say like like an experience in my past or are we, what are we talking here? It's up to you. Give, give me an experience. Give me an experience that you had that, that really taught that, you a life lesson. I think the one that I keep going back to because, you know, I think, you know, my generation was 
always told that you're not going to have the same career throughout your whole life. Um, so I kind of go back to, to, you know, the time where I switched careers in one week. It's kind of an interesting story. I was in public relations uh, for, for uh, the Food Bank Network Association in Alberta, and, and uh, you know, I'd done four years of school, and I was frustrated with the pay and opportunity, and, and I couldn't see the light at the end of the tunnel in that career, and ended up hanging out with some friends uh, one weekend and had a bit too much to drink. And the next morning in, uh, in the bars, when I asked the boys, say, hey, uh, what should I be? You know, and uh, kind of narrowed it down to instrumentation or electrician with my friends and my dad. You know, you're smart and it's a good trade and you stay clean and you make not a, money, a lot of money and nobody knows what, what they do. So I picked instrumentation almost as a challenge. Um, lined up a job within a week, sold, uh, sold a Sold a condo, uh, quit a couple part-time jobs, quit my full-time job, and moved back in with my parents, uh, all with, within about a week. I got set in motion. And so I think the biggest life lesson I learned out of that is, you know, you look right what I've done now. I feel like I'm fairly successful, you know, uh, doing doing good as an average average guy, and uh, have a good family, and everybody's happy and healthy, and a little bit of money in my pocket, and Get up, you know, opportunity in the future to maybe chase those dreams that I've been kind of holding off on, and uh, whether that's a bigger leadership role in what I'm already doing, or comedy, or or traveling the world midlife, I don't know. But uh, I think the biggest life lesson is that you know you should give it a try and not be afraid to try new things, not be afraid to switch your career if you're not happy. You know, just not don't let that fear um, hold you back maybe use a different type of fear to, to push a bigger fear to push you, you know, kind of like you don't want to end up being old and gray and not feel like you did what you wanted to do. Right. Take, take the chance and become successful. That's a, you know, thanks for summarizing that. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Okay. We're done here. (laughs) I I like to say, just roll the dice. Like, you know, if, if it's not what you want, Roll the dice. Try something different, and uh, I've tried to instill that in my siblings and friends and family. And sometimes it sticks, and sometimes people are frustrated. And, well, and, uh, I like to try to help them get out of that. Sometimes people aren't ready for that, but I think sometimes people are comfortable where they're at, and they're they're. I don't necessarily want to say complacent, but they're comfortable enough that they feel good where they're at and they don't want to take a chance. Yeah. That, you know, that's something that right. I, I've taken, taken a long time to understand that because that's not me. Um, I, I barely take time to celebrate successes, let alone be comfortable where I'm at. So when I, you know, I'm, I'm, I have a younger brother who's comfortable where he's at and, uh, or, or some friends that are comfortable where they're at, like close friends. Where I'm like, oh man, you should try this. You should do this. You should start a company. We should do this. And they're just like, hey, I'm good. And I'm like, really? Yeah. Uh, whereas, you know, I'm kind of like the never settled guy. I'm not not ready to just, you know, sit there and, and plug in for 25 years. And other people are, and it doesn't compute for me. So it's something that I need to. Well, really you're work. you're the guy that gets done something, and you're like, okay, what's next? Yeah, I didn't even right? crack a beer and celebrate. I, I I just moved on. <laughs> yeah, okay, I got this one done. What's next? Where do we go from here? 
Yeah. Right. That's awesome though. That's, you know, that's something that people can, you know, look at and say, well, yeah, you can always continue. You can start a new journey every time or continue on the same journey, start a new chapter. Right. Yeah. And I think that's the life lesson is the big one is just roll the dice. Don't be afraid to change. Give it a whirl. You can do it. Right. Right. What do you think would be most meaningful to you in five years? In five years. Hmm. I think that's the problem right now. I haven't figured out what I'm going to do for the next five years. Back to your why. Yeah. Well, I guess a little bit back to the why. Um, Most meaningful for me would be to, uh, I think, you know, you got a couple of choices, either change or accept. And uh, I think, you know, and I think that's, you know, the same as kind of we just talked about is like, you know, some people that are comfortable where where they're at and some people aren't. Um, So I think in five years from now, it'd be nice if I was uh, able to, be happy one way or the other. Nice. Right on. And just, like, just be like set on a, either, either whether it's the same path or set on a new path, just be happy with the direction it's going and enjoy the ride because that's the fun part. Right. Yeah. I, I, saw, I saw a quote years ago. My, one of my boys put it actually in his, uh, in his high school grade 12 graduation that's his quote it says i don't want to cross the finish line at the end with a you know a pristine body you know all good and everything he says i want to come skidding in broadside all beat up and tattered and worn you know oil leaking out everywhere and saying wow what a ride yeah (laughs) yeah like do you ever have those reoccurring dreams? What's that? <laughs> you ever have reoccurring dreams? Oh, all the time. All okay, the time. so I got this one where it's it's from back in the day. I haven't had it in a long time, but uh, you know, I picture this the end of life for me being like just you know, like you're just ripping down a mountain road on a sport bike, being shot at by a helicopter with a machine gun. You fly off the edge of the cliff in a ball of flames at, at the very end. And there's nothing left. There's, there's nothing left in the tank. The gas tank's empty. There's nothing left on the odometer. The engine was about to blow up anyways. And uh, you're all tattered and shot full of holes and you've got a smile on your face. Again. Right. That's, that's it. Just, you're totally spent. You've given yeah. everything you've got. There's, you got, you know, and, and you know, I have had doc, I've had knee surgeries a couple of times and I've had doctors be like, Oh, you know, you're going to have trouble when you're 80. And I'm like, good. <laughs> Let's get to yeah. 80. We'll worry about 80 when we get there. Um, but uh, there's not, I'm not going to hand in a pristine body by any means. You know, I'm going to have no. scars to show the, show the good times I had. For sure. For sure. That's what I was telling my wife today. My knees hurting. The weather changed here again. Hockey knees. Yeah. But I've been, you know, yesterday it was great all day. Today it's been aching. So. Yeah. <laughs> and I got lots, oh, well. lots of days of aching. To go yeah. yet. <laughs> if you had a magic wand and you could do one thing for yourself, what would it be? 
one thing just for me. Well, yeah, um, one thing would, for myself. How would you perceive, perceive for you? A magic wand. Um, even though it might take the fun out of it a little bit, you know, because risk is part of the fun. I mean, that's why kids skateboard. Right. <laughs> um, but, you know, I think it's, I think it's Jordan Peterson that goes off about saying, you know, uh, the leave, leave skateboarding kids alone <laughs> for those exact reasons, because it's, they're figuring out risk and enjoyment and right. you know, doing something. maybe it's not constructive in your eyes, but they're at least trying and, you know, he goes on and on. I'll, I'll let Jordan Peterson explain they're, that. But they're pushing I the think that, I think that if somebody waved a magic wand for me and and uh, made it so that I had no worries about going down some of the crazy paths or doing some of the crazy things that, like, I have a list in my head a mile long about all the things I want to do in life. And, you know, if, if 40 is halfway the average man's lifespan, well, I better get after it because there's a lot left to do, but you know, like I said, that number one value of buying the family and keeping things in line, if that's the case, then it would be really nice to just wave a magic wand and make it so that like, at least my family and, and life and it, it wouldn't mess with their life too much, you know, and uh, just try all the crazy stuff I wanted to do. Like maybe, you know, do the cocktail thing and go bartend in the Cayman Islands just for fun, you know, because somebody waved a magic wand and, and uh, made it so that you didn't need the money. <laughs> right, right. Exactly. And everybody had their health still and, and everybody was still happy, you know, that, that'd be yeah. cool. That'd be cool. But it was like taken a, care of. Yeah, everybody, everybody was taken care of and I could just focus on chasing wild and crazy dreams. I think that would be pretty cool. Nice, that'd be awesome. If you could write a letter to your younger self, what advice would you give yourself and what age would it be? I think I'd go back to uh, I'd go back to high school, and uh, I had a good time. I mean, I didn't get bad grades. Did what I wanted to do, um, but I think I would tell myself like, you know, I'd be right at the end of high school, and I'd, I'd be like, just take some time off. Just take a year. Just go do something. You know, and I took like not even really time off because I worked lot but i think i would have said hey don't worry about the money just go, go travel the world just get out of here for a little bit come back later because the reason there's a couple reasons for that um well look at the state we're in now good luck traveling right yeah when yeah. that's good um hopefully it does and hopefully it doesn't ruin international travel forever and all that but uh you know and i guess you can still travel you just can't come back and some countries won't let you in or out but um I think that would be it. I'd, I'd say just you just go see what the world's about because I think that's the one thing that I still want to do that's like be kind of disruptive right now. <laughs> so yeah, I think that would be it. It'd just be like instead of working all summer and working all fall, uh, at least take six months to a year and just just go be somewhere. And uh, my wife did that; she doesn't regret it, and uh, it sounded sounds awesome. My my parents would have been totally against it which would have been cooler <laughs> um maybe not I, my mom probably would have been like yeah do it um but i think i had high expectations for the jobs and the career ideas and i put a lot of pressure on myself deciding like trying to decide hey what do you want to be when you grow up and instead of just 
focusing on growing up. So what do you want to be when you grow up? That's back to the why. <laughs> <laughs> right? A comedian. <laughs> yeah, well, maybe, maybe comedian, maybe uh, Steve Jobs, maybe, I don't know, um, go. maybe a, a street bum. I have no idea. Um, <laughs> I think that that list is really long, you know, that things I want to try and things I want to do is, is pretty long. I mean, I got to... I chase things here and there and uh, I think I just want to be happy <laughs> when I grow up, when I grow old and look back and be like, wow, that was, that was a great adventure. Right. You know, yeah. Peter, Peter Pan style, just look back and that was a great adventure, Peter, you know? Yeah. I tell my wife the, the story that we've written about our life so far and the story we're continuing to write. I don't want it to be, just a regular novel. I want it to be a, um, like a, an adventure novel, an adventure book, right. Of, of experiences and, and things that you just wouldn't normally do. Right. Yeah. You know, what's that? So, so same as me, not grow up. (laughs) <laughs> right, pretty much, right? Do all those yeah. things you always wanted to do. That's that's what I really want, right? So, yeah, all the, all the cool experiences that you thought would be so fun when you were young. Yeah, 100%. <laughs> if you could have lunch and a chat with anyone dead or alive, who would it be and what would you talk about? I don't know. Um, it's kind of opening we're going to ask that question. <laughs> um, dead or alive? You know, I'd like to say a guy like Steve Jobs, but I heard he was a bit of a jerk, so that probably wouldn't be beneficial. Um, <laughs> I, I think that... Uh, a great conversationalist like Joe Rogan would be pretty cool. Um, I think that uh, somebody that's somebody that's well, Steve Jobs is dead, but somebody that's dead would be uh, it would be interesting to be really interesting to talk to my grandparents, like my, my grandfather. Um, my grandfather's on both sides because he died when I was pretty young. And as I get older, got lots of questions. That'd, nice. be, that'd be that'd be the yeah. I'd like to have have lunch with both of them. That would be awesome. Would be pretty awesome. That'd be pretty up there. And then like, there's always like the the really influential people in the world that you just die to hear what they were like. You know, like um, right. Like some of these some of these authors like that I've read from the past. Would be pretty interesting like, like what the hell was going through george orwell's mind back then you know <laughs> like right. it's starting to feel like right. 1984 right now so uh, <laughs> the dystopian future novelists would be interesting maybe um yeah i think there's a lot of interesting people but i, I think if i had to pick one just because it relates directly to myself my family i'd, I'd probably pick uh, I'd, I'd pick two i'd pick both my grandfathers that would be awesome 
did they know each other? Oh, I think so, right? Because my parents got married, right? So other like I mean, <laughs> oh. but, but other than just oh, you're the other parent. Would did they? Well, I think, did they know each other? Well? They must. They must have known each other. Um, two small towns, not that far apart in Saskatchewan. So, I mean, I think they were rival small towns. I think to a degree. So. I think they all kind of knew each other. I don't know how long they were they there for. Probably did know each other. One of them owned a grocery store and was a farmer, and the other one owned a pharmacy and was a farmer. So they they're both kind of workaholics. Like, kind of wonder where I get it from, but kind of not. Uh, right. Yeah. So, it would be an interesting conversation, wouldn't it? Yeah, I think, cool. I, I, I think it'd be also cool because, like, I don't know what I'd ask them. You know, so it would just be interesting. But even just sitting and talking, you know, that would, the questions would come as soon as you start talking with them and just finding out about them. Yeah. The reactions would be interesting too, because they're close to you, right? It's not like you're just right. talking to somebody random. So, you know, I, I knew them until I was, I think, I, I'm bad with dates and times, but I think I was like eight when one of them passed away and maybe younger for the other one, something like that. You know, my parents are probably going to watch this and be like, wait, we tell you all the time. <laughs> I, I, was, I was young. And uh, yeah. And so I wonder if I like would recognize them, you know, recognize okay. the feeling that goes along with it. That'd right. be interesting. Exactly. Lots of cool people you could pick. Um, but where you only had a piece of somebody and they're close to you and family and part of your life when you're really young. But haven't seen you since, that'd be neat. Yeah, that would definitely be interesting. That would be awesome. Mm -hmm. If you could send one message out to the world, what would it be? One message. To the whole world. Hmm. I think I would just say, like, uh, I think I would say, you know, be careful with freedom because it's the most important thing. Yeah. Without, without freedom, freedom of speech, freedom to do what you want, freedom to chase your dreams, I don't think there's much else that's more important. So, should be a lot more careful with it. Nice. I think that would be the one thing because it's the top of my list. I mean, I love, uh, you know, family is the thing I care most about, but without freedom, there's a lot of stuff that I can't, we can't do. We, freedom of speech, right. we can't, we, can, we can't have this conversation. You know, freedom of choice, freedom of just free will, you know, being, being a fairly free country is pretty important. Um, not having somebody control your life. Um, we're, we're under a lot of control right now. You know, we're, oh, definitely. For, you know, for good reason. Um, it's COVID and stuff like that. But I think there's, there's some freedoms that we're, we're at risk of losing. And, you know, maybe I've read too many dystopian future novels, but, but, I think but you know, there's, the most important thing, and it enables everything else. It enables humor, which I highly value. It enables love, which is 
right up there with humor. Um, it enables, you know, free time can't exist without freedom. Um, that's pretty important, you know, and then even like, um, some, a lot of our fears are, are made up of our own, you know, our, like the fears we have in, in this part of the world, a lot different than fears that people have in other parts of the world because they're not free. You oh, know? for sure. Yeah. And that's pretty sad. So yeah. I think the world needs to focus on freedom more than control. And I think we'd be a better place. Nice. Okay. So one last question. Ryan Stasiak has gone through his life, however, whatever age that is, 80, 120, whatever. I've left the building. You've learned, you've left the building. You've learned everything you've ever wanted to learn. You've done everything you've ever wanted to do. You've gained all the knowledge and experience that you could have. And when you pass on, you take it all with you. Nobody knows who Ryan Stasiak is but you can leave behind three lessons for life. What would those three things be? Don't forget to feel. Um, that's the love and humor bit. Um, careful with freedom. We just kind of talked about that. And then uh, refocus your fears. I think, um, you know, wrap your head around fear so that it, you know, pushes you from behind instead of stands in front of you. Let your fears push you on towards success. Yeah, I think that fear, fear is more powerful when it's pushing you rather than standing in front of you. Nice. Right on. Awesome. Those are awesome. I enjoyed our visit, Ryan. Yeah, I always do every time we chat. It's, uh, yeah. it's, it's a little more a little deeper. Yeah. Well, it is. A little more time <laughs> to actually chat this time, too. Yeah, totally. Yeah. Yeah. So, well, yeah, we'll, and we'll have to do this again sometime. Maybe, you know, a couple of years from now, your answers will change. Things will change in your life. Yeah, we'll get together again. Yeah, I, th I think it definitely will i mean like i said i was a I was little I was like maybe you should wait 40 years you know i have a lot more <laughs> lessons for you that mean mean more but uh halfway lessons are okay for the people that are only a quarter of the way so right exactly everybody's got something to learn and everybody's got something to give yeah so, so yeah maybe I, I, maybe I thought maybe too like uh i didn't want to limit the conversation you know i didn't want to worry about opening up too much oh i think we've Whatever. This is, done this well is, uh, this is me so yeah. i think we've done well this is Appreciate awesome it, right? thank you thanks again uh to ryan stasiak i'm troy hudkins for lessons for life podcast join us again in the future for another episode thank you Cheers. gotta find out where to stop this now